many of you probably got my email. Some of you probably knew John, some of you didn't. Um, but I got a text um, from Jason Sunday night saying that John had passed away. And to be quite blunt, probably the most shocking text I've ever gotten. Because I was not expecting. I mean, as was anybody else not expecting. Didn't he have back surgery? And yeah, he had very major. So he, you know, and, um, and he's a, he's been, for those of you who don't know him, he's been a faithful member of this church, faithful member of the men's study before I got here. I mean, probably, was he here during a lot of times before I was here? Yeah, mm-hmm. so been around for a long time. Very, very well-known artist um, within Laguna Beach. Um, and what, what did someone ask? What did you ask her? He had major back surgery. Yeah, so, so back in February, um, he... So he was going to turn 85 in just a couple weeks. So give me an idea. So 84. And he was, you know, very, we were watching him. He just became more and more slumped over. The operation that they did on him was something they, like, basically never do on someone that old. Because usually at that age, your bones are not able to handle the surgery. That they do for it. He's literally they're taking his back and you know like this. Mm. Um, but his his bones were so healthy, you know, like a fifty year old or something, that they decide to go ahead and do the surgery. Um, and in fact, um, after he got out, let's see if I have. Um, after, after he got out, he was going through physical therapy and everything. I mean, then he's back home. And I think he, I mean, everything that I know of, I mean, I might hear more later. I asked Jason, but I mean, he's been doing well and just recovering and everything. Um, and I think maybe the last two weeks there was some stuff they were seeing, but not anything that was even alarming, I guess. And then Sunday morning, he, um, from what I know, I mean, so this is all a little bit of like, I know there's more to the story probably, but um, basically Taffy let him sleep in. So Taffy's his wife. Um, the irony here is that Taffy has, those of you don't know her, has been dealing with one of the most deadly, rare brain cancers that's, that's not even ever been in the brain before um, and been fighting that for years and has a whole like sort of piece of her skull missing still. And... Um, so anyway, so Taffy um, let him sleep in Sunday morning, and I think, like, again, I don't know, time, but let's say, like, around 9 o'clock or something, they woke him up, and he seemed not very responsive, and so they were trying to get him up, and he wasn't really that responsive. I mean, he was, like, sort of awake, and then they put him into a chair, his favorite chair, and Taffy... Um, the woman named Sharon lives with them, and Taffy saw that something was wrong. And called Jason, who lives right around, right in the same area as them. And Jason came over, and I think like literally within a couple minutes, his heart stopped. And Jason's a son. No, Jason just he's a guy in our family Bible study that actually has been mentored by John as an artist for a long time. So, um, he's a really good friend and watches him. like his son, though. He what? Yeah, he's probably like that. Yeah. yeah, they were yeah. like his brothers. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, 
you know, they called the paramedics. When the paramedics got there, he had a directive not to do anything, and already he was, he had no pulse for quite a while, so they chose not to do anything about that. So, to say the least, Taffy's devastated. Um, and so, anyway, so I thought, um, it, I thought it, I'd like to just take a few minutes. If anybody wants to share, uh, you know, about John, if you knew John, um, Anything you want to say, I mean, would be awesome. I will just do a quick something with John. Maybe I'll share a little bit more before. A lot of you guys know him more than better than I did. Um, but so last year, um, last year at the, I took my sister to the sawdust and. Uh, she had been before, but she she just moved down here a couple of years ago. But I took her to the sawdust, and we went and we saw we went past John's booth, and John was there, and I just you know introduced my sister and started talking about her and everything like that. Well, through all this, what ends up happening is John decides to give my sister like one of his paintings, like just give it to her, <laughs> which was like wow. I mean, she was like blown away, and. Um, and, and this is this is my sister with John. So this was last, basically a year ago now, um, with the picture that John painted in my sister's house. So, but, so those of you who don't know John will be able to sort of get an idea of. Um, he's, yeah, he and he's always, I mean, always had an awesome smile on his face. Um, so that's, I don't know if you've ever seen him. Did you ever? Looks a little bit familiar. I like the pants. Um, so. Oh wow! Yeah, that's a great. Pants. I know it. <laughs> My sister's. I was blown away. I'm like, I didn't get a pants. <laughs> but um, when you did that. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, Anyway, so I just thought, you know, if anybody wants to share or anything, just, I mean, he was a long-time member here, and just a, well, I, I'm going to let you guys share, because I'm last Tom um, Eagle, John Eagle, and his wife is Taffy. Um, so, and I want to let Tom share, too, because if you want to, I mean, what you wrote, I thought was really, really cool, really, really awesome. Um, so anybody who wants well, to... Let Tom go first. What? Well, yes, so you want to go first? Okay. Um, I have I have it to hand out. So you want? Yeah, I'll hand it out to him. Um, he was a kind guy and a very generous man. And he could sell a painting to a he could sell um, ice to an Eskimo. He was so good. I used to sit and listen to him. I'd be painting beside him or something. Listen to his pattern. So I, you know, as you guys know, I always sit in this chair. And <laughs> John always sat right here. Mm-hmm. And so over the years, you know, we were just kind of pals. And um, I was always impressed with how solid he was scripturally and how soft spoken he was. And uh, confident and always always smiling and always content and the content thing is important and that's kind of a 
what I was thinking, I was so sad when I heard he passed, you know. And what came to mind is his contentment, and as an example to us, his contentment. Um, and so I just dug around a little bit this morning, and Francis Schaeffer is one of my favorites. So the first quote is Francis Schaeffer, and there's another Schaeffer's at the bottom. And I'll just read them. Uh, they have a quote from Scripture and maybe a brief comment from me, how I felt in relation to John. So, a quiet disposition and a heart giving thanks at any given moment is the real test of the extent to which we love God at that moment. Discontent is revolt against God, and revolt is a central problem of sin. So you think of John, did he ever, was he ever discontented? No. Did he ever revolt against the Lord? No. So did he ever sin? Probably not much. When I lack proper contentment, this is uh, Schaefer speaking, either I have forgotten that God is God, or I have ceased to be submissive to him. All who knew him, this is me speaking, knew that John Eagle was a man of God, so very quiet and content. And Schaefer tells us why. He remembered God and was submissive to him always. Next one, John, from John 11. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall we live. Do you believe this? We know that John believed this, and so we know that John lives. Romans, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy compared to the glory that is to be revealed to us. We know that John suffered with his back and his pain. Remember how he came in here bent over halfway? Yeah. And he was bent over. Yeah. Looking straight down at the ground. John suffered, but now he's glorified and surrounded by great glory. We know that from this verse from Romans. Luke. For they cannot die anymore. This is an amazing one. I, I never heard it, remembered it. I just came upon, came upon it today. For they cannot die anymore because they are equal to angels and are sons of God, sons of the resurrection. From this we know John is an angel now, or like an angel now, and the son of the resurrection because he believed in the resurrection. So he is a son of God. From John 1. I have written these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know that you have eternal life. John has gained eternal life because he believed in the name. We gain the same if we also believe. Shaper, Christ is with those in paradise now. He is with John Evil in paradise now. I think John wants us to believe this. He also wants us to press on. Schaefer again says, but Christ, the same Christ, with the same reality, promises the Christian, that's all of us, that he will bring forth fruit through us in this life now. The power of the crucified, risen, and glorified Christ will bring forth this fruit through us now. That's Schaefer. The power that took John to heaven is the same power in Christ in us that will bear fruit. Ecclesiastes, this is kind of the hardball philosophy you know, of Solomon. Uh, and I picked a few different verses. Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth, when the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in him. Man goeth to his long home, heaven, and mourners go about in the streets. The pitcher is broken at the fountain. That's a great 
metaphor. And the dust returns to the earth as it was, and the spirit returns to God who gave it. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. And I comment, where is the hope in all this futility, the above futility of Solomon? Here it is, because it's buried in there. And the spirit returns to God who gave it. Kind of a eulogy to our buddy. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, beautiful. I know John grew up in Hawaii. His dad was an engineer over there. I can't remember exactly what he did, but he had a pretty prominent role over there as an engineer. And I think John, I'm not, was a stockbroker and gave that up to um, just be a painter. But he also worked for Howard Hughes. And when, that, when he talked to how Howard told Howard he was going to be a painter uh, and just quit and be a painter, uh, Howard Hughes was astonished, uh, and he had a pretty high-paying job. He knew Howard Hughes personally. Yeah, he, he was one of his. Uh, he was a. Um, sure. He was a guy. I mean, he 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 worked closely with him for some reason. He. he Manning some little parts. Um, I remember the time he was sitting right there and he was talking about Taffy. Remember this? And this was maybe just past the first year. And he was talking about how she, even in her greatest pain, would sing. Do you remember that? Yeah, I think I played the song. That she, yeah, yeah, and that he, yeah. she, he said when she sang, it just healed everything around he lived for her singing. And of course, she's she's been just desperately ill for years. And then they lost a son uh, who was... Uh, I, yeah, right. Yeah. Was he mentally... There was some stuff there. Yeah. Yeah. But always a, always a kind man, always a consistent artist, and took Jason under his wing... <coughs> And really taught Jason how to market his work and how to um, uh, how to how to paint. I think he really worked on Jason's relationship with the Lord. Oh, big time! I mean, it was like, <laughs> and he was. Yeah. It was like father and son. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they, could, they sometimes they you couldn't separate them. And I, I just, uh, and I, 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 we watched. Jason grow mm-hmm. immensely, yeah. both in his painting and his um, yeah. his love for Christ. I have a question on this uh, Ecclesiastics. Mm-hmm. You were saying about how this is a metaphor, the picture be broken at the fountain. Could you explain that a little, make it clear? I can't explain it. That's why it's so good. Yes, a good one. I don't, I've never even heard that before. Yeah, so it's about the mourners go about the streets. But you know, think about a pitcher. A pitcher in a street that might have water. Yeah. So the idea that uh, we are we are clay, containers. We're, co- clay we're containers of something. Yeah. That that container doesn't last, but its content is, is broken. It goes back to whatever was in the container. It goes back to the stream that gave it. Gave it. The way I look at it. Mm. Or the fountain is, you know, maybe the word of God or, or, or 
the Holy Spirit, so the pitcher is broken at the fountain. It's returned to the fountain where it's broken. So it's gone. It's gone. It, it's in God's love and in God's hands when it ends its mortal life. It goes back to the fountain to to break. I mean, think of you know the opposite would be like a woman's carrying the pitcher to the well and she drops it on the road on the way. No, it was broken at the fountain. The uh, the whole chapter of Ecclesiastes 12 is filled with those kinds of amazing metaphors of, of what life is like when we're old. Um, you know, the, uh, the, the silver cord is snapped, the golden bowl is broken, the jar is shattered at the spring, the wheel is broken into the well, uh, dust returns to the earth, the spirit returns to God who gave it. The, the clouds return after the rain. The guardians of the house tremble. That's the hands. Strong men stoop. That's the legs and the knees. Women who grind cease because there are few. Huh. Teeth. The ones who watch through the windows see dimly. We have a hard time seeing. The doors of the street are shut. We don't, we don't speak as much. We don't talk as much. Uh, the sound of the mill fades. We can't hear. Uh, the... One rises at the sounds of the bird. We're restless, right? As, as we get older, we, we rise earlier and earlier, and can sleep is harder and harder. All the daughters of song grow faint. Um, voice. Can't, can't speak as well. Afraid of heights. There's dangers in the road. The almond tree blossoms. The hair. And the grasshopper loses its spring, becomes immobile. The caper berry has no effect. What is that? Um, one... One guy says it's, it's impotence. Uh, the caper berry has no effect. The desire has, has no more effect. Uh, man is headed towards eternal Maybe that's not it. <laughs> so what, what is yeah. that? That was all Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes 12. 12. That, yeah, that's yeah. Ecclesiastes 12. Ecclesiastes 12. But it, um, what, what, what version is it? Oh, that was Holman's. So anybody else? I mean... Um, Anything else anybody wants to share about John? Yeah, there is. Uh, I didn't know John that well. But um, over time I realized the struggle he was having with his wife's illness. And it just was going on and on and on and on. And it was always touch and go. And how long is she going to be here? And and all of the, he was just carrying that whole burden all the time, but he never yielded to it. Right. He lived with it, he lived through it, but he didn't let it tear him down and destroy him. And there was a special quality of him being able to be surrounded with all the misery and all the doubt and all of the, the trauma and the doctors and the terminicity of her disease and uh, and it, he just kept on going in his own strength and um, was compassionate but he didn't let it pull him down. Yeah. I never saw him depressed or worried or um, or deviate 
from the affect that he brought to this room. It was just rock solid. This is where we're going. And all these things are happening. And trees are falling on my path. And all this crap is happening in my life. But Yeah, that's a going. really good description of it. Yeah, it's just that's what I think that about. Yeah, just so steady. Yeah. When, he, when John and John... John, the last John that passed. John. Don or John? John. Remember John? Oh, yeah, John. John Pettit. Um, Pettit. Pettit. Yeah. Yeah, John yeah. Pettit. They, they would normally sit by one another when I first came, and they were. I was looking at these two, and I think, how bright these two men were. I mean, uh, just um, sharp and clear minded and. Saw scripture very, very easily. Anybody else? Um, you, you know, I, when I interacted with John, uh, he uh, was always very humble, mm-hmm. and he uh, was happy just to, to speak to you and on retreats, the conversation that would happen, and uh, he, he didn't ever really, uh, I use that word, bloviate. He didn't go there. He, he just shared himself. He was very authentic, and he had the humility. And when he spoke about his craft, his painting, he, he, would, he could be very passionate. And um, you might not have seen that coming if, if uh, you know, you weren't into it. But uh, he had the ability and desire, if one was interested, to teach them. And he he could show from his beginnings, because he said he had no real uh, background in design and training, and when he did get into it, uh, I remember uh, talking with him, much akin to what he initially had shared with Jason at the the beginning of Jason's artistic career, is that he could show you with his eye, if you're just looking out this window at the view that's out there, and he could mass out very fast, and show you what he the painting would be if it was this house there, and what was going to happen, and what the light was going to be, and how he could just show you the essentials of that. He was that was his. Uh, am I correct? That was kind of like the uh, the foundations of how he would approach his painting, and uh, it was his way of doing it. And apparently, he, yeah, he's very successful. He was self-taught. Yes, and, and he was very successful. Yeah, yeah, in doing that and sh- and, and explaining it to people. And yes, he would teach them anybody. He, he would go off and teach. You know, somebody came by and asked him questions on art walk. He'd go, go into teaching it, uh, how how he'd done it and what he was thinking. And about. share his time. And share his time. Yeah, share his life. Yeah. Uh, One of my favorite memories was he and Jason painting on. Easter sunrise service up on the hill. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. That was that, that was, was two just, Easter's ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boy. So he just came up there, and we just we have an Easter service up at the top of the hill, and we decided to have him and Jason just come up and just paint something while we were doing our Easter service. And it was foggy it was at amazing. first, and then yeah, very cool. the sun came out. Yeah. Anyhow. Within ninety minutes, two hours, they masked out and they completed this painting. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I made sure to get one of John's paintings last year. Um, it was really striking to, to start coming to this group and find out about John and Jason, you know, like their, their relationship. It was really beautiful to see that. You know, I think like 
it, it goes well with Christianity and just just the love there. It's, it mm. wasn't his father, but it was like it's closer a than a father. Yeah. Well, they both gave up lucrative jobs to become painters. Yeah, yeah. So it was very, it was very striking, like shocking. This guy is he's always my mentor. He's the best artist here. Look, you know, it's like wow. Um, just to see that it was beautiful. So when I saw that, I've been asking about John, and it kind of sounded like, oh yeah, he's recovering. Yeah, you. When you and I talked to Jason last week or two weeks ago, we were talking to him about it. Yeah. So then the message was shocking. The first thing I thought is like, oh, Jason, my heart is sunk for for Jason. Is this John in the festival this year? Yeah, well, yes. So Jason and him sort of share a booth. Okay. And so um, I don't think, I don't know if John, I, I heard he just about ready to have John go, but I don't know if John actually made it over to the festival or not. Um, but he has but paintings there. there. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was there this, this weekend with my wife. Was it there? You guys go by. paintings are kind of on one side. Right. Jason's on the other. Yeah. And some they do together. They did together. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Father, we just as we've been discussing one of our brothers, both of our brothers, Jason and John, as we think back and remember, we ask that you would keep that spirit moving through sawdust and all the things that he did and his gallery that he owned and all the, the um, artists that he's helped and a special blessing on both Kathy and Jason and anyone and Sharon and Sharon and Jason's wife that you would bless them mightily and comfort them Dear Kathy, who's faced so much, and Father, perhaps she won't linger. She will be with you soon, so she doesn't have to suffer too much. Jesus. All right. You know what I'm gonna do is thank you for that prayer. Um, yeah. I thought. Yo, yeah. What's your name? Whatever your name is. I know you forgot. forgot my name. Um, no, I was trying to think about panning out. I thought I would just play the song. I just um, thought of John with this. And just uh, who he is. This is a Keith Green song. If any of you remember Keith Green. Yeah. Anybody remember Keith yeah. Green? Yeah. Good hair. Um, yeah. <laughs> He's also home, isn't he? Yeah. So I'll, um, yes. So I'll, um, I just had played as sort of a closing of this time that we'll open up John. Um, and as we play it, maybe just, you know, pray for Taffy um, and um, for Sharon, Jason, just just all of that. Also, um, Ken, you know, this part of our group, he went, he's not here. He um, got COVID on his way back from Hawaii or in Bunchmills, Hawaii. So I said, stay home. <laughs> um, so anyway, just pray for him. I think he's doing well. He just... He had it, and he sort of relapsed into it. He feels fine, but um, he, so, he has so. an awful lot to praise He what? He, he has an awful lot. To yeah, praise. yeah. He was over in Hawaii doing worship. So, um, all right, I'm going to try this new speaker out.
uh, that I just got for us. Um, I'm going to try to see if I can make it work. And then we'll open up John to John 16. John Eagle must be having a nice look at John 16 right close up.
So sorry. I'm yes. Away. No, that would Is be that right? right. Yeah, you, because you did so much. I know. I don't know my own name. Hiking, you know, the world. <laughs> <laughs> I'm <laughs> Steve. Thank you, Steve. Nice to see people. Go on. Dave. Rod. Caleb. Peter. Eric. Bruce. Jason Hank. Gil. Shut up. Frank. Tom. Andy. Andy. Good. Good idea. Thank you, Steve. Um, so I uh, found out tonight, so you know, we're in John 16, and I don't feel so bad now because um, I was talking to Travis. So you know, Travis is taking over the position of Chad, who is our youth pastor. So um, Travis is taking that over. In fact, he's right now down with the kids. Down, are they in yours? Guys,
Um, so we are in John 16, um, and tonight I want to look at, well, you'll see what I'm going to look at, but I want to just look at 16, 1 through 4, and just read that first, um, and then look at one specific part, which um, I think even relates to what we just shared about John Eagle's life that we're in John. So um, who would like to read 16... Um, does anybody need a book? Everyone got? Okay. Do you need? I got a pocket book. Okay, you're okay. okay. I have it downstairs. Thank you. Okay. All right. All right. So 16, 1 through 4. Who would like to volunteer to read that? Sure. Um, Andy, you want to read that? Okay. I've told you these things to keep you from stumbling. They will ban you from the synagogues. In fact, a time is coming when anyone who kills you will think that he's offering service to God. They will do these things because they haven't known the Father or me. But I have told you these things so that when their time comes, you may remember I told them to you. I didn't tell you these things from the beginning because I was with you. Alright, short section. Um, I'll just say, just at the onset, anything strike you guys as far as just reading that? Small little section that we're in. Being in the world is so easy to fall away. Mm. Okay. All right. Reminds me of the Apostle Paul. Right. Thinking That's... that he was uh, serving God by persecuting the church or going, you know, kill Christians. Yeah. Right? yeah. And he's saying that he did not know the Father nor him. Mm. And what Paul said when um, on the road to Damascus was, Who are you, Lord? You know, because he didn't know him. No, Jesus. Yeah. He didn't know him. Oh, that's good. That's a good connection. <clears throat> yeah. 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 I thought of Paul too, by the way. Huh. The elephant in the room here is that. <laughs> it's your elephant in the room. Is that the path with me is not going to be easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's going to be hard. Yeah. I think of the historic context of. You know, the tectonic shift going from the Old Covenant to the New Covenant and the anticipation that um, you know, there's going to be a, they're, they're, they're not going to like the New New, new Covenant uh, ways. And so the Old Covenant ways, which are well established, um, if you follow me, uh, they're going to kick you out. Mm. Right? They're going to kick you out of synagogues. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. There's, there's something significant about that. God's people is now shifting. Mm. Who, who, who we call God's people. Yeah. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking along the same lines on that uh, verse 2. Uh, Jesus is saying, you know, in the future, you, these people aren't going to change. The, the Jews are not going to come our way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think verse 4 is interesting also when Jesus says, I did not say these things to you from the beginning because I was with you. Like, he was there protecting them, huh. and so he didn't need to say it yet. Yeah, very good. Yeah, now, good. You know, he's and the now is what? He's, he's not ready to be. Yeah. To connect that with the stumbling or falling away piece. You know, you can't fall away when I'm Nick, but I'm with you. But when you can't see me, it's going to be harder to see yeah. 
but he's merciful. Anybody else think of him Just the the idea that uh, don't 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 think that uh, comfort will be the, uh, the the primary measure of spiritual maturity. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that's a that's a hard one in this world, isn't it? Yeah. We don't wanna, yeah. Yeah. I keep thinking to myself in that regard, why does this get easy? Just there isn't there's no such thing. It's, you're just between or you're in. Somehow we have that though. Don't we sort of grow up thinking like somehow Sometimes at some point it's going to get easier. Boy, boy, I, <laughs> I don't know where if that is like the American dream or something that at some point it's like I'm, now that I'm there and it's not, it's like what's going on with that? <laughs> where did that come from? Uh, yeah. Maybe the longing for heaven. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe <that's> it. <laughs> Well, we're, we're pretty good at avoiding suffering. I mean, we all do that just naturally. We're, we're suffer, suffering avoiding creatures. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. I think being misguided uh, by thinking you're offering something to God, um, killing somebody you think is trying to do good, and it's just the opposite. When he says, We're all misguided. <laughs> when he says, And they will do these things because they have not known the Father nor me. Yeah. And what's missing is, But you do. Mm-hmm. But you do. And I'm giving you something to hang on to. And they know, that's interesting. They know, as Jesus has been saying to John, is the way you know the Father is through me. And this is just another place in John where you go, anybody who ever thinks like, well, Jesus never equated himself with God or said he was God. I mean, he he is saying that right there. (laughs) Um, He's equating himself and saying, I'm, but it's the Father of me. You're going to know me through that. Yeah. On the suffering bit, I was thinking, did this occur after the disciples were wondering amongst themselves who's going to be the greatest? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because they're on cloud nine. Oh, this is the kingdom has come. And Jesus is saying, you know, you're going to be uh, killed for my sake. <laughs> well, whoever was it? Peter that said, I want to be by your, I want to sit your right hand. Um, yeah, I want to be right there with you, Jesus. Come on, listen. Come on, buddy. <laughs> yeah. When you are old, they will take you where you do not want to go. Yeah. That's for Peter. Yeah. Um, I just went through John with, uh, so I was going back through my notes. There's there's three basic things that he's repeating through the end of John. Um, and, and one of these, he's, he starts here. And that theme is, I'm leaving. Uh, and those three things is, uh, the three things that he starts to repeat over and over again is, one, I'm leaving. Two, you're staying. And three, I'm going to send you help. And this is the first time that he brings that theme in um, from the beginning. I didn't tell you these things because I was with you. But now he's preparing them to say, I'm, I'm going away, you're staying, but I'm going to uh, bring you help. Yeah. Yeah, good, good. Which is really what is prior at 17. 
is all about that we'll be seeing. And that you're going to remember. You're going to remember what I told you. When the hour, it says their hour, is, is that referring to the world? But, the, but I have said these things that when their hour comes, you may remember that I told them to you. <coughs> That's a good question. But I have said these things to you that when the hour, their hour comes, that's a good question, what there is, is that sounds like it's the disciples, but he's speaking to the disciples. They would do these things because they have not, oh, well, I guess, no, I guess they, sorry. So going back in context, always was helpful. They will be put out of the synagogues, but that's, I've said all these things to you to keep you from falling away. They will be put out of the synagogues, which are the disciples. Indeed, the hour is coming whenever, when whoever kills you will think he is offering service to God, and they will do, it's almost like he's talking a third person, disciples. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that they there is the disciples. Right. So when you guys see that word, so here it says, um, I have said all these things to you. So Jesus has been telling you all this stuff, right? And he's saying, he's telling us this, why? For a very specific purpose. To keep us from falling away. When you guys hear that word, like, keep falling away, what, what sort of comes to your mind when you think? I mean, I look at John Eagle, for example, and I go, there is a man who, like Paul, ran the race at the end. I look at John, I go, that's, there's someone who you look at and go, that's, I'd like to be able to say I was like John Eagle. <laughs> um, and someone who you never saw, like I didn't, fall away. I mean, you never, he just was so steady. Um, he was someone that even though he wasn't physically able, if you remember, like walking like this, um, but spiritually, man, he was, nothing could knock him, um, it seemed like, you know, nothing could knock him down. But when you guys hear that word fall away, what do you, uh, yeah. The cowards never started in the weak. Let's say that again. I'm trying to remember the the cowards never started, and the weak fall away. Oh, huh. So it really speaks to finishing well. I mean, John's yeah. life obviously is finishing well. Is a, and the is a weak runner. died along the way. <laughs> That's what it says. Okay. The cowards never started, and the weak died along the way. And where are you getting that from? Uh, a little book that I have. Okay. I All right. Yes. Yeah. Right. But it, it, I, I thought that's pretty heavy duty. Hmm. But when you think about it, it's really that test of human nature. Mm-hmm. You know, there's some things that just seem so hard, and I'm not even going to start this. This is too hard. I'm not going to do this. You know. And when life throws the ringers at us, it's so easy to say, you know, man, I don't know if I can do this. This is, this is. So that's when I become a coward. <laughs> and if I, I don't think you're a coward, I don't it, think you've ever been a coward. Then I don't want to be weak. If I'm gonna, if I'm gonna hang in there, I gotta trust God, and I'm gonna do it. I think it's interesting because here Jesus has explained his heart. I mean, he really wants to make sure we don't fall away. I what, mean, what, what is your fall away? Good question, Tom. 
he always like leaves me out of this. What do we mean by fall fall into your... You just did. You just (laughs) did my trap. (laughs) (laughs) Did it again, Tom. You didn't see that one coming. I just know, yeah, Tom. Just somehow gonna fall into my trap. Yeah, you did it. You cheated up and I whacked it. Set you up and you fell right in there. Maybe you should play that softball. What a straight man you are. Yeah. The softball team. Ed McMahon. Okay. Here's what, here, going along with Tom just asked a great question. What, what's falling away? Alright. So, I've given you here a selection of verses. In these verses is the exact same Greek word falling away. Okay? So, we're gonna walk through each one. I want you to tell me, because it's gonna to help to answer the question Todd just asked, which is a really good question. What is falling away? What does it mean? And always a good way to know that from a scripture perspective is you you look up falling away and then you go, okay, what's the Greek word? And you don't have to know Greek to do that these days. You just have to have the software that does it. And you say, what's the Greek word? And you say, show me where that word is used. It's a really good first way of trying to get an idea of the meaning of a word. So it's used many times, but I've just done a selection here. So I want us to just walk through. And I want you to tell me... What is what is the word, this, the same Greek word that is falling away that Jesus uses here? Okay? Everyone follow me? Yeah. Okay, so Matthew 5.29. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear, tear it out and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members than your whole body be thrown to hell. Hell. Nice little verse. Which one of these words is the same word as falling away? Sin. 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 Causes you to sin. Sin, sin, sin. Throne. The it. What? Tear it. It's the it. No, that's a, that's a dry. (laughs) Alright, the winner is sin. Okay? So here, where we translate that word sin, and there is a word for sin. Okay? So there's another common word for sin in Greek. But here, we translate that same word of falling away that Jesus is using as sin in that passage. <clears throat> um, Alright. Matthew 13, 21. Yet he has no root in himself. This is actually from my favorite parable in all of Scripture, which is the good soil parable. And he's talking about the different soils and of how they deal with God's word. And he comes to um, I think this is the third soil, um, maybe the second. But he says, yet he has no root in himself. This is this, the way God's word is working in this person. But endures for a while. And when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. Falls away. All right. Well, that, that gives you some easy ones. <laughs> All right. So falls away there. Good. All right, Matthew 13, 57. So, so far, you can just sort of see when you ask a question, what does falling away mean? One thing it means is it's the same, it's correlated with sin. Same thing as when you when you think of sin. All right, Matthew 13, 57. And they took offense at him, but Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his hometown and in his own household. 
So which word is falling away? The same word is falling away here. Wait, which word? Oh, you know? No, you jumped once. Sorry. I guess my little naughty teacher died. Naughty, naughty. Okay, sorry. Okay. Matthew, Matthew 15:12. Let's do it. Let's do it this way. Then the disciples came and said to him, "Do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard the saying?" So, which is the word for falling away? There, we're offended. Offended. Very good. So there you get another sort of sense of the word for falling away: offense. All right, Matthew, you guys, 18, uh, yeah, I better look at my sheet. Okay, Matthew 18, 7, right? So, do you guys have that? Yeah, why don't you use the one that we're using? Well, because I. Okay, he's got an answer to that. I have my cheat sheet. It's like a good teacher. Always, I have my, like, you know, one to make sure I get it right. <laughs> well, no. Gotta have your cheat sheet. Okay, Matthew, what are we at? 18, Matthew 18, 7. Okay. Woe to the world for temptation. Woe to the world for temptations to sin, for it is necessary that temptations come, but woe to the one by whom the temptation comes. Again, the word is sin. Uh, temptations to sin, you could substitute woe to the world for temptations to fall away. Okay, anybody else? Anything? <laughs> Same word for falling away there. Yeah, temptations. temptations. Okay. It is actually temptations. Yeah, temptations to sin or temptations. Even so, it's actually used three times. The same Greek word is used three times here. Temptations, temptation, temptations. So, same thing. Um, okay, John. Well, you guys all know John sixteen one, so that's what we're dealing with. All right, then let's do Romans fourteen thirteen. Therefore, let us not pass judgment on one another any longer, but rather decide never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of a brother. Judgment. Stumbling block. Judgment, stumbling block. Anybody else? Hindrance. It's actually hindrance. So there's another, you get another angle of, of falling away here that's sometimes a thing that hinders you from, from something. So like the hindrance, mm-hmm. uh, contextually with stumbling block, why, why would those, uh, they're two different, uh, words, but how is it they're disconnected? Yes, yeah, so I mean, it, hold that, okay. hold that thought until we get to the last one. So, good, good question, very good question. Um, Okay, so next is First Peter two eight. Nope. No, Romans no. sixteen seventeen. <laughs> I appeal to you, brothers, to watch out for those who cause divisions and create obstacles contrary to the doctrine that you have been taught. Avoid them. Obstacles. Obstacle. <laughs> obstacles is right. All right, First Peter two eight. And here we come again. A stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumble because they disobey the word as they were destined to do. So what? Offense. Offense there. Yep, good. And then Revelation well, it's 2.14. Not, it's not stumbling? Hmm? It's not stumbling? It's not stumbling there. That's what I was going to come back to. Because now look at this next one. 
whereas Revelation 2.14, but I have a few things against you. You have some there and hold the teaching of Balaam, who taught Balak to put a stumbling block before the sons of Israel so that they might eat food, sacrifice to idols, and practice sexual immorality. So there it is stumbling. stumbling. So going back to your question, Steve, what's interesting is that sometimes we take that Greek word falling away or stumble and we translate it hindrance, and sometimes we actually translate it stumbling. So in this situation where it says stumbling block, it's actually a different Greek word used. Okay. So both those together. So this is the same this is the same word scandal. So actually we get our we get our word scandal from this word that means stumble. Uh of what a scandal does. Um, so when Paul talks about that the gospel will be a scandal, you know, to the Jews, that's also the same word, stumbling block. It causes you to fall, causes you to get offset. Um, Isn't a scandal a revealing of a secret, basically? I don't, because don't know if it's necessarily Everything's revealing. going along fine, but... It's not fine, and when we find it out, it's, oh. Yeah, so when Paul uses it, it would be that one with, um, in Corinthians, First Corinthians, where uh, he's saying that the gospel is a scandal to the Jews. Oh. Okay. But what does that mean? It means it causes them to get off track. <laughs> So what, what, what Greg is saying is that the actual Greek word is uh, scandal, scandaliste. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's from scandal, right? So that's the actual Greek word is like scandalous. Yeah. 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 Which is where we get that from. So. Yeah. A couple of things that I memorized that I think will help here. It is difficult to resist evil because choosing the right path often calls for sacrifices we're unwilling to give. Nevertheless, always choose the right path. So, what is it inside of us that we want to walk with Christ, but what is it, like Jeff brings out in one of his questions, that we're not willing to give up in order to be totally in that relationship. Which will cause us to... To stumble. Stumble. And so... Yeah. Um, Another one is, your reputation is a valuable asset. Guard it zealously. Do not to succumb to any act that has the possibility to destroy in an instant the respectability you have earned over a lifetime. So the stumbling block in the Christian walk can be so small that there's a big fall. And it can happen so fast. Just that fast. Yeah. So that's how I put it more on a personal Mm -hmm. basis and kind of go introspective and and kind of keep myself in in check. But there are things sometimes I'm not willing to give up. And I'm thinking, why not? What's so important about it that holds me back from a complete relationship with Christ? I think what's interesting, I've never thought about the connection. You've saying that before. That, so that sort of helps to understand 
what he causes us to fall away yeah. when we hold on to something that is not something Christ wants us to hold on to. Right. So yeah. we, like, create our own stumbling blocks? Yeah. Well, we yeah. <laughs> very good. <laughs> Actually, a very good way of putting it. Yeah. We have, I have met the enemy, and it is I. Yeah. Right. <laughs> the devil made me do it, right? Which means it's also really good to know what those stumbling blocks are that you have. And so we all know also, what they are. Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, we don't at the time. There's, there's one element of that, that word scandal that I think hasn't been highlighted yet, but the idea of a snare. Um, a stick of a bait, or a bait or a snare, um, falling into a trap. Yeah, that trap that's been laid. Mm-hmm. Um, I hadn't thought about that in the context when when Jesus says, um, "Go to the world for traps to sin." It's necessary that traps come, but woe to the one who woe to the one who sets the trap. I never looked at it in that light, mm. you know. Yeah, uh, which is interesting because it's like it's like the world is such that. We all have to be tested, right? God always tests for character, mm-hmm. and that's why you want to pass the test because the retest is harder. Right? Uh, but the tests have to come. Why? Apparently, it's part of character building. If we don't have those difficulties to test our character, how can we build character? All right. Yeah. Well, I think. Um, yeah. Go ahead. I just like that every test is harder. That's what's great about the slide, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, who deceived us on this? Somewhere we got that. Um, could, you, yep. could you replace? Could you repeat that last one again? Uh, mm-hmm. Your reputation. Yeah. Your reputation is a valuable asset. Guard it zealously. Do not succumb to any act that has the possibility to destroy in an instant. The respectability you have earned over a lifetime. So a, a little cheat can have major consequences. It's not a little cheat. It's a sin. And it's falling away and it can destroy everything. So this word is also used when Paul says don't ever... He's very, he says this in Galatians and in Corinthians... Don't ever cause a brother or sister to sin. The word there is actually stumble. Same word as here. So it's not just us doing it, but it's also being careful that what we do is, does not lead someone else to sin. Jesus really talks about that. I mean, Paul talks about that. Um, because I've always thought it's, it's difficult because there might be some things that there might be some things that I don't really struggle with, and so I'm like, hey, you know, I can, I can have a couple of drinks. I'm making something up. Okay, I can have a couple of drinks. No big deal. I'm not a good alcoholic. I can handle my alcohol. But then I bring, sorry, Bruce. <laughs> Illustration only. Then I, you know, I take Bruce out, and I'm thinking, oh, I could just drink. But let's say Bruce was an alcoholic, and me by, and he struck me with it, and I'm sitting there saying, hey, let's go get a drink. And I don't realize that what I'm doing is causing my brother to sin or leading to sin. So that's always where we're not just looking at ourselves, but we're also looking at each other and saying, let's make sure 
before we do something for someone else that maybe I don't have a struggle with that. It doesn't cause me to fall, but it might cause your brother or sister to fall. Um, you know, picking up on what Andy was saying, uh, Romans 5.3, and not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance character, and character hope. Now hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Another place where I think Consider John really exemplified that. Consider it all joy, right. my brothers, yeah. when you encounter right. various trials. Oh, really? Joy? Well, I mean, that's what was so neat about John, was he was going through so much and trying to take care of Taffy. And, I mean, you know, quite a bit older than Taffy, and here's this guy trying to take care of his wife, and you just never saw him complain. You saw him just stay focused on the Lord the whole time. Um, never wavering. Interesting. His character of not complaining, but in the context of, of temptation or a trap, mm-hmm. complaining. Mm-hmm. How much, how often complaining itself is. Yeah. Because, <laughs> man, if, if, if you start Jeff complaining, Ranger, man, I'll jump in. I'll jump right in with you. I, I was having a great day until until you started complaining, and then I was like, yeah, darn it. Now I'm going to complain right. too because you're right. No. That's good. That's a good way. Yeah. Easy to join in. What about apostasy regarding this or in this context? Uh huh. Yeah. What do you want to say about that? Oh, I'm not sure. <laughs> it's, it was, it's it was one of the definitions yeah. in Strong's concordance for that Greek word is apostasy. Is another possible. Oh, really? Okay. Right. Which yeah. is another yeah. example about what falling away can do is it can take you away so yeah. far away that you're now. Completely away from Christ. Yeah, I mean, I think my mind immediately goes to apostasy and not just, you know, being tripped up. Yeah, that's good. Else, good. But, you know, in, in the verses that we showed, it was more about sin or, or tripping up versus apostasy. Right. So, uh, you know. and, to, and, and define apostasy. Can you define it? Apostasy would would be um, stepping away, isn't it? Well, yeah. yeah, I mean, there's there's different thoughts on the you know what happens with apostasy, or is it possible to lose your faith? We talk about be believing, right? Continue right. on believing and Keep abide, right. and right. all these different things. The idea of apostasy is you were a Christian, now you're not. Right? Well, I, I keep hearing a lot about. Um, there's a falling away going on in the church and with Christians and with younger people. Mm-hmm. I keep hearing that through different resources. Well, there's a lot. You probably keep hearing that because that's sort of like huge stuff that's in the news these days and the Christian media because if you take a look at the if you just statistics. So, I mean, as much as statistics is okay, they should, yeah. But, um, I mean, I've been sort of following that, too. It's just like you look and you go, it really started even all the way down into, like, year 2000. Some ways people even take it back before then. But just seeing an overall decline in churches, in their attendance. I mean, it started with the mainline-type churches. In the West. Wow. Yeah, in the West. In the West. Yeah, that's a really good way of putting it. You know, yeah. The other countries are like... 
it's going crazy the other way. Right. right. Which yeah. is interesting because in America nice. you see that, and in Europe you see a lot of that. I, I was so. at a CR group last night at Saddleback. Uh-huh. I was talking to, but I used to go to Saddleback San Clemente years ago when mm-hmm. I was taking care of my dad over there. But they sold the church and they closed all the groups and they're gone. Yeah, out of San Clemente. However, on the countryside, uh, in the last two months, 9,000 people, each time 4,500 people, were baptized at Pirate's Cove. And the line from, it, it was a great glory thing. Right. The line from uh, from from the baptismal, or the, the place where they were baptizing, was half a mile long. Mm. Wow. Yeah, people, which people I, waited hours, two right. and a half hours right. to get down there. Right. That was a car in the... Yeah. Real? Did you go? Tell us, tell yeah. us. That yeah. has me, awesome. my brother, one of his friends, and one of my friends from college. Well, so I get baptized. Did you get baptized? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. That's pretty fun. All right. I got baptized. I, got I baptized. wanted to go to that. Oh, really? Six, okay. Six, you know, Pirates yeah, Cove? That just happened to go? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they just did. Yeah, they just did. There was just last Saturday. June. Like yeah, there's one in June and one yeah, now. Okay. Right. Yeah, I did yeah. one. There's going to be one oh, cool. more. Oh, really? So that I guess so cool. Yeah. That's why when you were saying like there's a lot of young people like where the church is declining, I'm I look at it as a lot of people around me and my friends. Everyone's kind of turning back. I mean, one of, one of the people I got baptized with was a total like I knew her in college, total like communist basically, like did a hippie life, all that. Huh. And then she was doing van life for a while, and she just became, she just found the Lord, too, so. So what do you think for you, how old are you? 26. 26, so you're in that group, what do you, I mean, I'm noticing, you know, like, it's neat, because you're here, and you, you look at all the young people who are coming to our church these days, I mean, what's your sort of take on, what is so you're causing saying, that? I think you're saying, like, a counterculture, basically, hmm. like, I mean, like, COVID really opened a lot of people's eyes. I mean, it opened my eyes. How, how did it open your eyes? Like, you just seeing, like, what was going down. And, like, all personal things for me, too. Like, mm-hmm. I just say COVID, like, that time in my life. Yeah. And just a lot of stuff where you realize, like, okay, for me personally, what, why is all this happening? And I just say, oh, well, I've cut out God in my life. I'm mm-hmm. in college going, like, way too much stuff, like, bad stuff going down, so... I kind of changed that and really focused on that and talking to other people about that too and a lot of them are doing that too and they're all searching. On Sunday morning there's there's whole groups of people Do you think that a church is kind of a grounding then? Well, well a lot it seems like a lot of people just are anti-go church like all my friends they believe but they just refuse to go to church. I'm just like well I have like nice part about this place is it's not like does that have a baggage? It's not. It's not a church. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah, yeah, it's a. It's a fun little spot. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's a joy. Have you been to a bunch of different churches? And stuff I grew up. Well, I grew up going to Calvary Chapel. Okay. Mesa, All and right. And then I went to Harvest a little bit, but I really like this place. No rock concerts. It's like very nice. <laughs> yeah. 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 No well, that's good. Box. Yeah. <laughs> no, thanks for sharing because I mean it's always it's 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 good to hear. Good it's, to hear that. It's really easy to bring people to this church, which I'm finding. Yeah. Like, I've brought multiple people, and they all love it. So. Do you have any sense? Because, I mean, part of what I was going to say is, you know, you take a look at, always been one of the challenges with the church. You take, you know, Billy Graham 
is a good example of this. Although he put a lot of things in to help with this, but this idea of you know you see people coming to faith, so they go to something like you know. Um, or even Pirates Cove, where they get, and they get baptized because, wow, that's the thing to do, or I just all of a sudden believed in Jesus. Um, but they come to faith, but it's then keeping them, like stuff we're talking about here, keeping yeah. them in that faith. I mean, do you have any senses as to what you think well, people are looking for with that? I mean, I don't know, like, because that's the thing, when I got baptized, I really, like, before, I was, like, trying to figure out how I can, like, because... I go, I go back to that scripture where it's like, if you really true, like, if you really love me, you will follow me. Mm-hmm. And like, so you could say, like, oh yeah, I'm a Christian, but are you acting like a Christian? Mm-hmm. And so, it's funny because there's people that I got baptized with, who you can look at them like, you haven't really changed any of your, anything you're doing, you're just Christian by name. Uh-huh. And then others who have really changed, and they're actually, you can see it in their, like, just character. Yeah. So that's a cool thing. Yeah. You know? Are there things you think that group needs? Like if you look at our church and you go, okay, well, here's all these young people here. What, they're coming on Sundays, but as far as keeping that faith going, do you have any ideas? Uh, I don't thoughts? know. I'm new. <laughs> I know. I, just, I, I, I really, that. like for me, I just read your Bible daily. Yeah. Well, that's what changed that's for huge. me. Yeah. <laughs> changed for me was just waking up in the morning and reading and then actually searching for other Christians. Mm-hmm. Like, earlier on in my walk, it was like, felt like it was just me. Mm-hmm. And now it's kind of nice being in a men's study, like, um, young people here, who I was friends with before, but I didn't even know if some of them were Christians. <laughs> so yeah. I was just like, oh, okay, well, let's start hanging out a little bit more and get out of, you know, some of the lifestyle choices we used to do. Right. And where do you live? I live in Costa Mesa. Still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Jeff's whole message was about connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you drive here on first on Tuesday night? Yeah, no, it's a great drive. <laughs> That's great. I, like I was telling people, like, yeah, I go to church like twenty minutes away. Like, why would you drive twenty minutes? We're like church down the street. I'm like, well, I get to go see old Morro Cove and go. And go. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that bad at all. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Most people's commutes longer than that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. For, thank you for sharing. Yeah. yeah. Now that's yeah, awesome. But thanks for sharing. Thanks that's for being here. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, thank you just, very so much. What, what is the catalyst of gathering together with all those baptisms at Pirates Cove? What was happening there? I mean, I, well, so movie. You know, I mean, I know that I know Greg Laurie had a big um, the Harvest Festival. Oh, oh, uh, was it? Was it? So Harvest? I think Greg Laurie? That, was, that hasn't happened yet. Oh, it hasn't happened yet. In the summer, okay. it might That's, be from his film. Because they had a yeah. big screening. Of okay. The show. Oh, I, yeah, I don't know. I literally was, my and friend was like, I want to get baptized. I'm like, I do too. So I Googled online and we didn't really want to do it like in a church pool. I was like, I want to get in the ocean. Cause wow. Like, you Googled it? Yeah. Wow. Appeared. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no way, Crystal Cove. I'm doing that. <laughs> well, I do know that. They, was it Pirates Cove or Crystal Cove? Oh, Pirates Cove. My bad. Oh, okay. You bet. They did. So they, they did. From the something. movie. Yeah. Yeah. The Jesus Revolution, I think, sparked. Okay. For them to do the Pirates Cove on Pentecost. Okay. Okay, so you had a group, and that was almost, I think, three to 5,000 people right. that did that then. And then I think that launched Greg Laurie saying, let's do another one. So they just had this other one. Okay. And I think, yeah, Tom's right. I think that, but the Harvest Festival, I would expect they're probably going to have another one after that. Yeah. Um, As so. depicted from uh, the movie, which was 55 years ago or whatever. Yeah. yeah. The next one's in August. Jay was talking about this one. Oh, okay. All right. Well, you can take it. Oh, that's what I was asking. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, yeah I, I wouldn't be able to go to that. But I heard you I say, don't. Caleb, is you had an awareness that the way you were going in life, there was something wrong with it. Yeah. And so this was an opportunity to not go along that path anymore. And, and it was, you had that sense that it's not going in a good direction and there's another way and there's got to be a better way. And is, do you think that's what kind of motivated you then? Yeah, a little bit. Like, um, I just really saw that my life was kind of going in shambles. Yeah. Like, and like, <laughs> turn the club. Yeah. Turn the club. I, I, I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> I was like, oh, I grew up in the church and I was just like, I mean, stuff was going well, but it's just like, you know, you're missing that. Yeah. And I was like, what have I like, left like what am i what am i missing mm-hmm. and i found that and yeah a lot of it's funny a lot of like stumbling blocks like we're talking about yeah. and put in my life that i've kind of gone over as recently and i'm like okay now i'm coming back out and i look back and it's kind of like i'm like oh yeah i, I created every one of those yeah but, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah like how when you said that that you yeah you, put yeah, your you mentioned earlier covid was kind of a reason or stimulant or something and i'm Wondering, do you think, with you and maybe with the younger crowd, that COVID presented the establishment as a lie? Uh, I mean, my crowd, we were kind of conservative, so my crowd kind of already knew that. But like, you were on the side, Tom. Yeah, but like, I mean, you, my you lo- just made a friend. Yeah. <laughs> I love how you but, did that. Yeah. But yeah, but my liberal friend, yeah, I, I feel that. Like she, like I, like I didn't really talked to her about. It. Like we kind of like we're just discussing stuff, and I told her like I found the Lord, and she's like, no way. Like I just no did it recently too. So wow, that's cool. Yeah. And the cool thing is, like, because of that, so many of our college friends and people we know are now just asking us about it. So, like, it's it's weird because you can see other people are searching; they're just not quite there yet. So, you know, what they see is a change in you, and you're centered, and that is stability in a world that's not stable, and that comes through when you're walking and with Christ. And it just comes out because you're changed. It's you're going to have to beat the girls up up and down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm not looking for girls. <laughs> I just got out of a relationship, so I'm just like, I'm done. Oh, yeah. For a while. Yeah. Until the next nap. Yeah. <laughs> Until a cool lure comes by. Until the next stumbling point. Until the next stumbling I think it was Andy that was saying it, and I was thinking to myself, Mike. God, that's what happened to me. <laughs> I didn't even see the net, you know, and I, I, I bit. My dad had a good mind. He says, a pretty girl is a beautiful bag of problems. <laughs> <laughs> we, we have a saying at the Heidelberg, if it looks that good, it's somebody else's problem. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good one. I like you free. I think we're about ready to wrap it up. <laughs> no, we don't want to get off track. I think this is right. I think this is a good time. Can we just stumble? Can we just stumble? Can we just stumble? Oh, man. Alright, well, you guys don't keep... Let, um, yeah, go ahead. Don't let them sorry you. <laughs> there's, there's a bright woman. <laughs> <laughs>
I'm spoken from somebody who found the right one. True story. Yeah, you can have more. Two that I did. My best buddy's girlfriend. Oh, just around the corner. All right. So, so next week, um, kind of looking back on course here now. Um, Next week, we're going to look at the last section about the Holy Spirit. We've been talking about the Holy Spirit as we've seen this whole section of fourteen to sixteen. So we're going to get sort of another taste, I guess, as to what is the Holy Spirit doing? What's neat about John is a lot of us have ideas growing up in the church and what we hear and what we watch as to what is the role of the Holy Spirit. What's interesting is John is bringing out things about the Holy Spirit you don't see in any other place in the Scripture. You don't see in the Gospels. You don't see in Acts. And uh, so why did Jesus send his Spirit? And so we will pick that up, sort of our final section of 16 um, next week. So read ahead. Wait a minute. We don't want to get too far ahead of the high school group, do we? I mean, we're sprinting ahead here. (laughs) (laughs) They meet once a year. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) Roll us in. Roll us in. Okay. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys, for being here. Lord, we just thank you for the work that you're doing. Um, and we especially, again, celebrate the life of Johnny Mother. What a man for us to look at and say, I, I think of Paul, the Apostle Paul, in 1 Corinthians 11.1, where Paul said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. And in John Eagle, he is someone who could say, imitate me as I imitate Christ. And so, Father, we thank you for his life, and we especially lift up Taffy, Father, that you will give her the strength, the courage, that you will become more present to her. She's already such an amazing woman who seeks after you in everything. And Father, I just pray you will grow her faith through this, Lord. You will build her up through this. I thank you for Sharon Lee, who stays with her and watches over Taffy. And I just continue to pray for healing for Taffy. So one day she will have that hole in her head sealed so she does not have to wear a helmet anymore for yes. and you would just give her a long life that she has blessed so many others yes. through. Um, I pray for Jason, who I know is mourning this uh, through here too, and just be with him for all those in the sawdust who are also mourning the loss of John. Um, so be with us this week, Lord. Um, and may we be men who have our eyes and ears and hearts open to follow you and not assemble. In the name of our Lord, the name of our Savior, the name of our King, the name of our High Priest, the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Amen.